Hello and welcome to Ads for Success podcast number two with me, Amanda Perry, agency owner, e-com coach, small business cheerleader, and now podcaster. This podcast is full of real life advice from pulling back the curtain on my agency and seeing firsthand what is working right now in the world of ads. I'll be bringing you interviews from e-com brands that are smashing it right now and hearing from the brains behind them how you can too and delving into the marketing ecosystem around your business that needs to be in place before you start sending paid traffic through to your site. In the same way you wouldn't build a house on sand, you need solid foundations to build, grow and scale your e-com store. We'll be exploring all of this and much, much more. Yes, sorry guys, ads are not a silver bullet. However, they do work for millions of businesses and they can work for you too. Full of practical advice, actionable tips and straight talking, no nonsense help to improve your e-com store, your bottom line and just maybe your life. Stick around and let me show you how. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you find your podcast. And if you enjoy the episode today, please do leave a review as it really helps other people to discover us. Welcome back to the podcast today. I am absolutely delighted to have not only a very good friend, but a business peer and someone who I greatly, greatly admire in the work that she does with indie businesses. From starting up a business 15 years ago, selling jewellery, right through to launching a subscription box with a few forays in between. I'm absolutely delighted to have on the show indie roller champion Leona. She's bringing you some of her extensive wisdom, some tips to live your life by, and some absolute golden nuggets to take forth into your business. So it's my absolute pleasure to hand over to Leona. Okay, so I am so happy today to be joined by my friend, business peer, and all-round indie business cheerleader, Leona. Thank you for joining me, Leona. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is super exciting. Isn't it? And you're my first guest. How do you feel about that? No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. So obviously the idea of the podcast for me um, is about helping businesses like with their ads and their marketing and stuff. And I know that's not necessarily where you are now, but I just think you have such an interesting take on business and online businesses. I know that there's so much value you can share with the audience. So do you want to start off? I'm sure you don't even need to, but do you want to start off by introducing yourself? Yes, definitely. Um, So my name is Leona Thriftola and I'm the founder of Indie Roller, which is a truth-telling, secret-sharing, myth-busting open space for creative, independent business owners to feel their feelings. And, you know, like, what happens when you run a business whilst feeling your feelings? It means that you create from a place of authenticity and self-care. And this is something that's taken me 15 years to come around to. (laughs) So it wasn't... um, 
Yeah, it wasn't an overnight happening for me. It was almost four businesses in and just a, a real kind of, you know, I'm I'm a, an independent business owner for life. It's not part-time, it's not full-time, it's lifetime. I, I work as I work regardless of what my product is or my services are. And so, yeah, I've just kind of had this whole mindset change um, and transition over the past few years. And slowly, my product-based business, which was Lucky Dip Club before this, has evolved into a service-based business called Indie Roller. Amazing. Well, I think you've covered everything. We can uh, go now. (laughs) That's amazing. You've absolutely nailed, like what you do which is incredible and so many of us don't do that do you you know if they if someone says oh what do you do and you go oh I I just sell like t-shirts online you know they don't come at it from that kind of powerful storytelling um like benefit place do they and you've really nailed that it's amazing to hear very powerful I feel like I feel like I'm owning it at last I feel like you know, I don't have to feel apologetic for having made a living selling pink plastic unicorn necklaces for seven years. <laughs> it was a bloody great business and it bought my house and I had a fantastic time. But deep inside, it didn't feel proper in air quotes. Mm. I mm. didn't feel like a proper business person or valid in that space. And I guess it's about now really owning what I do and you know I feel like I've always played by my own rules when it comes to business but I haven't really owned it and I think that's the difference I think that's the thing I find so refreshing about you I know we've spent time together online and offline and you know talking about business and personal stuff and you're so um you have such conviction when you talk about stuff whether it's a business that you're not necessarily happy with you make that decision really quickly and you act on it and you're very like you say about you know I was selling pink unicorn necklaces but I bought my house like everything is purposeful isn't it there's an outcome for everything and I know that's a joint frustration of ours that that's not always the case in small business I mean it, it at the end of the day I'm a business person I can't run something if there isn't profit in it but that doesn't mean that I don't have a purpose and Mm. I'm not I don't believe what I do because I fully believe what I do and that's where the motivation comes from because how do you get out of bed each day to sit at your desk and run your business where does that internal motivation come from it you know if you're looking for it from external places like likes on an Instagram post or comments on a Facebook ad that, that isn't going to build a sustainable business. That motivation needs to come from a place inside. And I think that that can take time to kind of nurture. That might not come straight away. Mm. But, you know, yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, I think we all know that, but knowing it and kind of <laughs> actually feeling it and living yeah. by it is completely different, isn't it? So, okay, so you've been in business 15 years. You've had four different businesses, five different businesses. Yeah, you know, I've had a few pop-ups along the way. I've done a bit of freelancing here and there. It's been, yeah, a, a, yeah, a melting pot 
of fun and experimentation. <laughs> so, so in that time, what would you say, you know, the, the common thread of all your businesses is you, isn't it? You're very much at the front of your business. You're very kind of led by your personality and you being the, the, the person behind the business but what's your what's your approach to marketing bearing in mind all the changes that we've seen over 15 years which is a lot isn't it a lot of changes yeah I would say though that the common thread is storytelling um Mm. when I launched my first business in 2002 I was a blogger so I you know I would release products I would take them to my market stall every Saturday at Portobello And then from 2003, I would upload them to my website to sell them. And alongside that, I would blog three times a week, just telling the story, what I was up to, what I was inspired by, what went wrong, what went right. And really, from that very starting point, allowing people to get to know me as well as the products I was making. Because for me, the products and services have always been a, a, a real representation of who I am in the world and what's important to me. And so, you know, I guess what's changed is the vehicle. So from blogging, I got really into email marketing in the mid noughties and I built a list of around 20K. And, you know, I was relentless asking for people's email addresses (laughs) at events, at my market store, in my shop when it opened. And then obviously MySpace, Instagram, Facebook groups, It's, you know, the vehicle changes, but the essence of telling my story has stayed the same. Yeah, that's so interesting. A lot of small business owners that I speak to about, you know, their ads or their marketing, when we talk about creating content and and not so much blogging now, more like Insta stories or, you know, Facebook lives, they really suffer from this, like, who cares? So they'll get to the point where they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then they'll go to tell their story. And there's that voice inside their head, like, who cares? Like, who cares what I've got to say? What it sounds like from a really early start, like from the beginning of your business, you you either didn't have that or you understood that people really do care. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it from that point of view. I was just excited. I was just yeah. like, oh my God, look at this heart-shaped 80s charm I found. What <laughs> shall I make it into? Guys, what do you want? Or like, I've been away, I've been to a car boot sale, I've been on holiday, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And really sharing it from a place of excitement for what's happening and really just getting to know who I'm selling to, who my customer is, you know, because like if I think back to my studio at the time, which was a spare room in my house in Dalston, it was just full of all my kind of like treasures, my finds, my charms. And I could, you know, I felt like, well, what can I make? Tell me. I wanted to connect with the people that were buying from me. Yeah. So it kind of like, I didn't feel like I was just like one person on my own in a room watching Murder, She Wrote every day, um, making things. It, I, I felt that connection to my customer from a really early, early time. 
Which is so important, isn't it? Because because of the way that you market your businesses and you being the, the common thread and the, the thing that um, represents whether it's a product or a service the whole way through, your customer really hasn't changed that much, have they? A lot of my customers have grown with me. I mean, yeah. I, get, I get people email me telling me they... Um, they first purchased from me when they were 12. It was like on their mum's credit card. And, you know, when the, when the credit card bill came in and it said, Lady Luck. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I were, I, you know, a purchase was um, another person emailed to say, um, you know, they, they were bullied at school, um, but they, you know, they would read my blog and, buy my jewellery online and then when they went to college through wearing one of my necklaces they connected with someone who was also into you know an alternative fashion mm. and from there you know she, she was just saying you know I found my people and so it's like you know this is about identity this is about connection this is yeah. about putting what you love out into the world and finding your people it's like you know it's it's almost like really moving beyond that kind of you know that voice we and you know what I have that voice I understand that voice but that voice isn't me okay mm. that mm. voice whatever you want to call it in a critic self-talk conditioned mind that's not me that's not my spirit that's not who I am it's it's there to it is there to protect me and that's okay it doesn't want me to like make an idiot of myself or you know like there's no saber-toothed tiger chasing after me at this time it's 2019 I'm all good so it's just like I guess it's that voice is always going to be there to some extent but it's mm. about not letting it being the driving driver's seat it's about it's yeah, it's, just, yeah it's amazing that you have that kind of um I know you've you've gone through um coaching training and that kind of thing but I feel like you always had that kind of balanced view of it even before you went you know kind of went into the direction that you're going in now I feel there have been times when the voice has gotten into the driver's seat and there you know uh when I became a mum for example and I tried to you know do that whole kind of like okay so I run my own business and now I'm a mum like how does that work I have yeah. no clue and I really struggled with that and there were also times when I got I did get tangled up in a web of likes and follows on Instagram because I was spending way too much time on the app but you know there are bumps in the road and there are times where I have felt stuck and blocked and a bit paralyzed through fear of mistakes and you know but at some point I find myself again mm. you know I mm. I kind of like I make the changes that need to be made for me yeah. you know and yeah. then I find a way to kind of come back into the business with a kind of a new perspective or an or something you know like if just evolving it over the time which is so important, isn't it? And I think we all do that. But I think in those down times where you're like questioning yourself and as independent business owners or small business owners, it's so easy for that to spiral, isn't it? If you don't have that um, kind of balanced outside view of, of things where you can say, right, step back, 
I'm going to do this thing that I know really works for me, you know, whatever that is, and then reapproach it with a fresh mind. It's really easy to get stuck in that spiral, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and, you know, I think it comes down to resilience and yeah. really nurturing your own resilience. Mm. And I think about I think about my bounce backs and how over the years, you know, they've become less painful and a lot easier and quicker um you know when I when I closed my first business I didn't I closed it in 2010 and I didn't start my subscription box business until 2014 so there was a four-year break there I mean I did have a couple of small businesses in between (laughs) (laughs) but um, but, you know Lucky Dip Club was really you know uh, my first business repackaged in a new business model yeah um yeah but the steps that I took in those four years doing other things I feel they kind of served me in lots of ways in that I needed to, t- to take a step back after working like a crazy person for seven years I was yeah. just com- I mean burnt out it, it really doesn't do it justice um you know so, yeah. so you know, it, it, I think we judge ourselves really harshly. You know, I could be like, well, I was out of the game for four years. I don't know what I was doing. Or I could say, actually, in that time I traveled, I did a, I uh, had a couple of, I had a passion-based business because I'm mad into vintage. Mm. And I really wanted to bring the vintage world to the online world with a level of transparency that hadn't been seen before in terms of people who sell vintage never talk about where they get it from. And it's like, it's not that big a secret. (laughs) So I would blog about all the behind the scenes, like me going to car boot sales, going to rag mills and the whole process. And people loved it. And people still bought from me. But the whole point was that once everything was sold, everything would sell out really quickly. And I'd be like, oh, shit, now I've got to go and buy loads more stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. It's like that process, isn't it, of like, (laughs) I can buy one thing at a time. So, you know, the business model wasn't that great, but it was a really interesting experience running that. And also I did a pop-up tea shop in 2010 too. So, you know, so I, I kind of like, I kind of feel like it was a very playful four years. I still paid my mortgage you know, I was still self-sufficient, I was traveling. And, you know, and when I opened Lucky Dip Club, I felt like it was time to sit back down at the desk again, roll yeah. my sleeves up and be like, right, let's do this. Yeah, I totally hear you. I, I had exactly the same experience after my first big business. And then kind of, I had a, you know, a couple of years out there in the wilderness. And exactly the same you could look back and think my god what was I doing in that time or you know the the Steve Jobs quote about you can only join the dots looking backwards it's so true isn't it about how all of those little things although they might have felt insignificant at the time they actually lead you on to the next big thing don't they absolutely and that's why it's important not to like make those kind of like overwhelming judgments, like those critical judgments of ourselves every day. You know, what have you done today? What am I doing to move towards success? You know, success, I find just such an, an overwhelming word. Oh, I know. You know, and just to like, in a way, trust the process. And I, I like, there's still part of me that kind of like my inner critic will say, God, that just sounds so airy-fairy, Leona. How can you say that? 
But hey, when you look back, like you say, it's a brilliant Steve Jobs quote. It's so true. So then how can you apply that looking forward? And how can you bring that ease and joy into your daily life? Yeah. Without kind of working, feeling stressed and overwhelmed and, and wanting everything super quick, because that's also really stressful. And also, like, sort of reverse engineering that. I saw a quote online the other day that blew my mind, which was, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was something like, (laughs) your future self is watching you right now through their memories. It was something like that. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, (laughs) I'm goosebumps, you know? I was like, that's so true. And I'm just sat here eating biscuits, watching (laughs) something in my life. I was going to say, I do feel like I'm being watched. <laughs> yeah. Am I being watched by myself? Watched and judged by my future self. But it's so true, isn't it? It's like, you know, and the the I was talking to someone on a, another podcast the other day and I was like saying about when you start a to-do list and it starts off really granular and you're like email so-and-so and do this task and do that task and then it ends up like buy a house and get married and (laughs) traveling and it's so we get so bogged down in these things that we feel we have to achieve don't we that define this mythical success yeah Um, and I think you're right you just bring so much light and uh, you, you. I think you perfectly balance that kind of light and joy with real conviction and serious, like no bullshit. You know. Yeah, and you know something that I've been trialing this year. Like, I, I have to confess that I don't actually write to do lists anymore. Now I know that's not what? really popular. <laughs> well, how do you manage that process then? Okay, so I have a wall planner. Mm-hmm. and the wall planner only has it's like one of those ones where you can wipe it's like wipeable which is very useful um but obviously the the sections for each day they're very slim so I can't write much on it so it's mostly like the appointments that I have the things that I'm doing um and beyond that I have my quarterly goals yeah uh, no more than three sometimes just one so wow. my goal for this quarter is to write my book it's mm. as simple as that. And then it's down to daily rituals. So it's not about kind of do this, do that. It's more about kind of um, working from a place of self-care instead of self-discipline. Mm. Because here's the thing. I've looked back on my business life and really given myself a hard time about not being consistent. Mm. And you know, I'm just not a consistent person. But I tell you what, when the job needs to be done, I get it done. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. maybe this is the way I work. And maybe it's about letting go of what all the experts and the gurus tell you you have to do. And what if I can run a business that is successful to me and be an inconsistent person? Mm. <laughs> no, I mean it's fascinating, isn't it? It's have and it's having that level of kind of self-analysis, isn't it, to know that and to to use it as like your superpower, you know, to use it as the thing that a lot of people or maybe when you your inner critic would be the one saying, "Oh, just be consistent," you know, you're so inconsistent. Mm. Why do you work like this? What if it, as you say, what if it is your superpower? What what if it's the thing that 
makes you be able to or allows you to run a business and be happy and not feel stressed and not feel under pressure and to feel what I feel you know it's how do you follow someone else's seven tips to success because you don't even know what success means to them because what success means to them is probably different to what success means to you so that's kind of what indie roller is all about it's about not you know to to not be looking to external resources Mm. to be you know it's great like I love listening to podcasts and reading books you know it's great for inspiration but at the end of the day I look inside myself you know Mm. I go what do I want to do what am I trying to achieve here and how am I going to do it I'm absolutely not interested in doing the same thing as everyone else. I never have been. For me, it's all about doing my own thing. Yeah. And that's 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 why we love you. You know, that's <laughs> your you're very you're 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 so clearly that. You know, you're so unapologetically that that that's why people gravitate towards you, isn't it? So so kind of leading on from that, your superpower is undoubtedly helping other people believe in themselves and step into their potential. What is that that trait that you see in small business or indie business owners that is holding them back and how how do you help them in indie roller or when you work with them on coaching or consultancy how do you help them overcome that well I think this is something that's really specific to independent creative businesses and small businesses is this kind of idea of being professional Mm. and doing it a certain way and really the philosophy of indie roller and how I help people overcome that is to make it personal it's not about being professional. It's about what do you bring to the situation? And I guess then when you start to make it personal, you move into the realms of self-confidence, resilience, um, and resilience in a way, you know, how do you hear no and keep going? How do Mm. you, when you make a mistake, how do you keep going? When you get it wrong, how do you keep going? And, you know, it's all about just expecting these things to happen because they will. Okay, it's you're not going to get it right all the time. I think that's pretty impossible. And so I kind of feel like I feel it in my body. Like I feel this kind of like I'm shaking my hands out now, like I'm loosening up my body. And it's about just letting go of that. This is what I should be doing. And to keep an eye on that word should. Oh, it's so, yeah, so important, isn't it? I remember hearing that a long time ago and it's, you don't realise the impact of those little words. Like should, it's so full of guilt, isn't it? And pressure. Yeah. And how you think you should be doing stuff. Instead, how do I want to do this? How could I do this? How do I visualize this happening? What do I want to bring into this world? What's important to me? So it's like drilling down and down and down and down until you get to that point of your values. Mm. You know, how do you want to show up in the world? What's important to you? And how can you bring that through to your business? And I feel that's so important for independent small businesses because you're not a corporation. You're not a chain store. These people can't do that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
it yeah. is your magic. It it's, really is. It's that that's the flair, your your individual creative flair, that authenticity of doing you and yeah. bringing what you want into the world. That is something that I feel so like I feel myself kind of like literally filling up inside as I talk yeah. about it. You yeah. know, I feel so passionate about it. And, that, and it's that agility as well, isn't it? Of like, like that's the sort of, um, you know, the mindset kind of soulful side of it is like, you can do this, you know, you need to believe in yourself, but also I see it all the time. These small businesses comparing themselves to the big guys like, Oh, I haven't got that budget. I haven't got this. I have, but what you have got is agility and you can make a decision now and act on it. Now you don't have to go through a board of directors or you don't have this massive turning circle that you have to go through to make these changes. You know, you have that agility and that is the, the corporates would kill for that. Wouldn't they? Oh my Absolutely. Like make quick decisions. That is one thing I've always done. I literally will make a decision Mm. and just get it done and expect probably about 30% of the time I'll get it wrong or I'll want to change it. And that's okay. Because to make quick decisions, to be agile, to keep evolving, you know, to make that move, that freedom that you have as an independent business owner, you know, and you do have that freedom. And if you don't feel that freedom, then maybe it's time to look at your mindset and think about the stories you're telling yourself. What's holding you back? You know, why don't you feel that freedom? You know, because really as an independent business owner, that is your magic. I agree. I totally agree. It's something I feel really strongly about as well. Having gone from a business that I was really, really miserable in for quite a long time and really trapped in to a business that I just feel like so happy and free and, um, you know, like the possibilities are just endless. It's like if I could bottle that and and sell it to people, (laughs) not even sell it to them. Like if I could give that to people, you know, I just, I'd see people so weighed down by this thing that they started because they wanted freedom and it's the last thing they've got, you know. Okay. So just touching on something that you mentioned there, um, and something that I think will be really helpful for the audience to hear. So it's kind of a two part question, but of all the sort of socials and like social media and online content creation tools, you have absolutely nailed Instagram. And earlier, was it earlier this year or end of last year, you did the absolute unimaginable and closed an account that had 60k on it so can you tell us a bit about that and these quick decisions and the fact that you when doing something like that you just kind of have to live with it don't you whether afterwards you're like what the hell did I just do <laughs> so can you tell a bit a bit about that and why you did it and how you felt and yeah tell us a bit about that you know what it's it's a great example for what we've been talking about when we talk about mindset and freedom The the following on my Instagram account from a previous business, you know, so if you look at it um, from the non-mindset point of view, it it wasn't the right audience for me moving forward anyway. So this is when we talk about moving past numbers, because, you know, sometimes when you look at how how you think a business is performing on paper, when you look at it from the outside 
and you see an Instagram account with 60,000 followers, you would just see that as a successful business. Mm. But actually, you know, what's I now have an Instagram account with 6,000 followers, but I know all 6,000 of those followers are my target audience. Yeah. And I feel freedom when I post to that account. Whereas the past one, I had such a tricky relationship with. The account was online for, oh, about eight years. Oh, and wow. it, I, it very much built my subscription box business to the point where I did feel like I was in a little Instagram prison with mm. it. I spent hours every day on the app and got to the point where I'm not ashamed to admit this. I was posting for likes. I wasn't posting what I wanted to, you know, based on my values and my vision for the business. It got to the point where people were, I was posting pictures of my house because I painted it pink. I would go traveling in San Francisco and track down rainbow houses. And that was really good fun, great content creation. But then some people would come on and be like, I love your account, Leona. What is it you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of and I'm like, okay, I'm making, I'm like, you know, I'm not communicating what I do as a business. I've gone down the route. I've turned into an influencer. Yeah. And I'm not an influencer. Yeah. You were trapped in the aesthetic. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was so trapped in the aesthetic. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And my self-worth had got kind of wrapped up in that. My sense of self as a business owner got so tangled up in that account to the point where I was like, you know what? I began the unraveling process when I started Indie Roller and I was moving in amongst Facebook groups. So I'd created my own Facebook group also for my subscription box and that had worked really well for me Mm. in terms of um, that kind of like customer retention and customer loyalty. And I really enjoyed it because it was very non-aesthetic. It was all about thoughts and ideas Mm. um, rather than a pretty picture. So that was a really great process for me and it worked really well for the business. So when I started Indie Roller, I very much started from the free Facebook group perspective. Mm. And again, I felt freedom in that group rather than how I felt on Instagram. So when I finally closed down the account, um, it was this year, it, it really didn't hold much emotion for me when I did it it just felt like the right thing to do at the right time do you just feel like a massive sense of relief when you hit that button did you hover over the button for a while no no really decision all the way I, I decided um you know I knew that I had a lot of other subscription box owners following that account you could have gone through that account and pretty much seen all of my decision making processes so I decided to delete all the pictures start a subscription box mastermind so if you are a subscription box owner and you'd like to learn from me then come join my mastermind Mm. you know so I I deleted all the pictures I left two of them which was thanking everyone from the bottom of my heart for supporting me 
for five years. You know, I said, I look back upon this experience when I sent happy mail around the world for five years and it was an absolute blast. Yeah. But here I am, I'm on to the next thing. I'm on to Indie Roller and this is, this is going to be a big part of my life now. So, you know, making sure I thanked everyone and I meant every word of it. Yeah. But there's just no point holding on to something from the past. It's time to move on and really give myself the space to focus on building the accounts that represent my new business and and myself and how I feel and that work for you like you say you know without kind of going into to granular detail you know the when you look at I work with a a lot of businesses who have huge huge followings and people see that perception of these brands with the big followings you know they think that that equals lots of money (laughs) and it doesn't always does it it doesn't all it's not it's not a parallel you know you can't say they've got a hundred thousand followers and therefore they're making more money than these people with a thousand followers because that's just not how it works you cannot make that assumption you know I have like I say six thousand followers not sixty thousand followers and my profit this year will be more yeah than my profit was in that business that had 60,000 followers. Yeah, which so, is incredible, isn't it? So, you know, if you have the right people following you, the right audience, this is how I, when I speak to my members about this, I get them to visualize what, you know, say, oh, well, like, Leon, I've only got 2,000 followers. Visualize 2,000 people yeah. in a room yeah. stood in front of you, listening to you. You know what you have to say, what your products are all about, why you want to bring them into the world what the benefits are, Mm. you know, and all your kind of your passion and your purpose for running your business, having the ability to speak to 2000 people in that room every day. It's just a fantastic vehicle for marketing yourself. That's such a great exercise. I'd never really thought of it like that before. I'm, I'm like, my, my personal account is is a personal account that I'm trying to move a bit more into business, but I still slip back into this is like me out enjoying a coffee or, <laughs> you know, that kind of like boring everyday stuff. I'm really not very consistent with it. Um, and I've got about, I don't know, two and a half thousand or something. And, and that's a really powerful exercise, I think, thinking about it in that in those terms. And I also think when you drill down into the numbers, when you start to have real financial clarity, about what it is that you want to earn in your business, then actually, you know, you don't need 100,000 followers. You can actually work it out. You know what I mean? It's like the numbers that people aspire to. It's this kind of aspirational part of social media that I think is the damaging part as well as the addictive nature of it. You know, it's those parts of social media, that part of social media that I've really worked hard on unhooking from. And, and focusing on using it as this kind of powerful and accessible tool that it is to communicate what I do, you know, to build trust and to change mindsets. Mm. Because when you stand for something in your business, when you have meaningful conversations, when you say what you want to be saying, not what you think you should be saying, yeah. that's when people 
stop scrolling. That's when people listen to you. That's when people respond, double tap, comment, Mm. you know, and you don't need a lot of, you don't need a lot of people in your audience to start to nurture that community. No, I agree. I totally, so that kind of leads me on to the next question, which is, what is the key to enjoying Instagram now now that you've like freed yourself from the the torture of the metrics and stick into that rigid plan like I never even knew this was a thing until I I watched a live in your group with Alison Sadler and you two were talking about this torture of Instagram and it it sent me into I got um like a, a sort of paralysis I couldn't post anymore I was like god are people taking it this seriously I don't know what to post anymore oh people are like crazy I was like I can't believe you're talking about it in this way because it was it was and it was a really common theme with people in the comments as well that were like I really like worry about how often I'm posting how obsessed I am like do the colors go together I plan my grid out and so how how have you freed yourself from that and what's your what you've just touched on your approach now but but how have you kind of freed yourself from that that addiction to the metrics and that kind of thing? Well, the interesting thing is that that live that I did with Alison was a couple of couple of years ago now, actually. Mm. And um, I really feel that a, a change is afoot amongst mm. the creative community. And this idea of, you know, taking back control of Instagram and social media and using it as a tool. And, you know, really thinking about it, it's not a measure of how successful your business is. And it's not a measure of your self-worth and really, you know, distancing yourself from it and unhooking from it. So th- that's the process I've gone through. And I think, you know, for me, I've, I've stood on stages at the Blogtacular and at Creatable and talked about, you know, how you use Instagram to grow your business And I guess to a certain extent, I always felt slightly uncomfortable with putting myself out there as an expert, telling you exactly what you need to do to grow a business on social media. Because my fundamental belief is that there is no one way to do it. Mm. And actually, when you start to kind of stop trying to make sense of it, and you start using it in a way that aligns with your own values... And, and more importantly, the rhythm of your own life, the pace that you want to work at, the resources that are available to you, such as time and money. When you start to, you know, really come at it from a place of, you know, this is how I want to do things, then it is like, it's like unlocking that gate and letting the freedom and ease come in. Mm. And that's what's happened to me. You know, I... and ironically I'm back to posting every day on the grid again and I'm not doing it every day at 8am staying online for one hour making sure I do x y and z I'm literally when an idea pops into my head I might have two or three ideas in one go in that case I just pop them in the notes on my phone and then if I have a good, if I have a picture, we all know it's a photo sharing app for goodness sake. Cool. So your photography has to be good. Mm. So if it's going to the grid, it's all about quality over quantity. And it's about really, you know, what are my content pillars for my business? What is it that I want to say here? Am I communicating what I do? Am I building trust? Like, what is this post all about? But 
really it's about feeling it in the moment and being Mm -hmm. present with it putting the post up there hanging about a little bit to chat to people you know diving into your dms responding to whoever's popped up having a scroll on stories and then closing it putting it away and getting on with your work for the day I love it I love it it's uh, I know we're big both big fans of um big magic aren't we by Elizabeth Gilbert and it's that holding things lightly isn't it it's not not getting weighed down by the pressure of things that really don't matter (laughs) you know it as you say it's a tool to grow your business it is not a reflection of your self-worth or whether people like you or how many people like you you know it's just holding it lightly and bringing the joy back into it which I think you you definitely do And it's not a popularity contest, you know, I won't get into that. You know, if I share an idea, I shared a book this morning, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite books. I'm, it's up there and I'm glad that I've shared it on my grid. It's important to me. I shared a picture of my daughter yesterday because I, you know, I'm getting into running at the moment, this kind of daily ritual thing I'm beginning, Um, you know, prioritizing my own physical mental emotional and spiritual health which is something I've never done before and so I'm sharing that process that's something that I'm talking about because that will have an effect on my work that will have an effect with the conversations I have with my clients so it has a place on my Instagram feed Mm. you know it's like for me the our personal lives and our business lives there's a lot of overlap there And, and bringing in those kind of those the story behind the story mm. of what's actually happening. You know, you share a picture of a product you've made, but what were you feeling when you made it? Why did you make it? What went wrong? What went right? You know, all those wonderful, rich stories mm. that surround the products you make. And it's just when you post to Instagram, it's just, you know, rather than the name of the product and link in bio, I just feel that you and the product deserve so much more than that. You know, your audience deserves more than that. You know, tell them the story, bring it to life, get excited about it. And that's when I start to feel alive when I'm using social media because because I'm connecting with it and I'm talking to my customers and my clients and my members about why I do what I do. And really, it goes back to those days when I was blogging. It's no different. It's the connection, isn't it? It's what you just said. It's it's the connection, making that that actual connection with people where they're gonna know, like, and trust you, and and give a shit about what you're talking about. Oh my god, yeah! Because otherwise, the pink unicorn necklace is just a pink unicorn necklace. You know what else does it stand for? What does it mean when I wear it? What does it, you know, what what am I saying about my identity, how I want to show up on the world, mm. in the world? That's why we buy what we buy. And, you know, buying something from an independent maker or an independent business has that flavor and that richness. And really, that's what Instagram and social media is all about. And it's, you know, to a certain extent, it's free. And when you get into the realm of paying for your ads, actually, all that kind of free organic storytelling that you've done, your ads are going to like work so much better, right? Am I right, Amanda? You are so right. This is what I am preaching every single day. We, I cannot stress enough how important this stuff is. And that's not to put even more pressure on people. It's just to say like, 
just do it like find what works just the beauty about social media is if you put something out there and no one responds to it then it's your choice if you keep it up or take it down isn't it if you really care about that stuff just take it down no one cares no one cares as much as you do (laughs) yeah stop trying to make sense of it exactly you know really understand that we're all looking at our own feeds more than we are other people's feeds 100% (laughs) (laughs) no one cares as much as we think they do unfortunately so anyway enough about the past I want to hear I know a bit about this but I want everyone to hear about your exciting new project I just I want to hear all about it I want a bit of an update on it and how it's going to change like the way that you're that you're working in the future so I had a little bit of a revelation with Indie Roller at the beginning of the year I was kind of, I went to, I took myself off to Palm Springs on my own on a a solo retreat to write my business plan, to plan for the year ahead. And it was great. I planned all this stuff in. I was cooking on gas. I was opening up my membership group again in in the February. I was going to do a podcast. I was going to interview people, tell their stories. You know, it was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Then I got back. (laughs) and something didn't feel right and I was just like I couldn't work it out at first and then I just I felt this realization that I was still kind of like hiding in my own business Mm. you know I wasn't fully owning it that kind of that idea of reaching your potential I was still you know my membership group interviewing experts uh, interviewing other business owners you know, I wasn't telling my story. I wasn't teaching my business philosophy. So I was telling my story, but I was holding myself back from teaching my own business philosophy. I was like, am I allowed to swear? Please do. (laughs) I was like, fuck, (laughs) what am I doing? Like, okay, what's the vehicle? Do I do a podcast with solo shows? Do I write a book? Do I do a course? So I started writing. I thought, I don't know what this is, but there was just stuff started coming out. So in my journal, I just started writing and I thought I was writing a course. And then I kind of got really into it and I realized this isn't a course. This is a book. I love it. This is the book I want to bring out. This is, this is what's important to me. This is really putting myself out there. Mm. And it feels really scary. But you know what? It's scary and exciting, which means it's thrilling. Mm. And I know when I feel that kind of, that, that thrilling feeling in the pit of my stomach, you know, it's literally like it's so, such a physical feeling. Mm. Like, I'm like, this, this is what I'm going to do. And you know what? It will change my work because it means that I'm going to step into teaching my own philosophy instead instead of sharing other people's all the time, which is great because telling stories is powerful. And I have just spent the past two years learning so much from an incredible array of gurus and experts and business owners old and new and that has been fantastic but you know what now's the time now's the time to just step out there and and yeah do it and it feels 
it feels like the right time. Yeah. And you've got so much to teach people and it's so, you know, I think you're right. Like in service businesses, where do we go? Like there's so much we can do in any business. There's so much we can do. Do we do a podcast? Do we do a book? Do we do a course? Do we put eBooks out there? Do we, you know, this have a group, have a Facebook page. There's so much we can do. And sometimes it's about eliminating those things, isn't it? Before you really find that path that's, that really, really lights you up and you're like, shit, this is it. It's scary, it's scary, but I know that this is it. Yeah, and it's like understanding that they're all vehicles as well. So it's like you don't need to have the Facebook group, the Twitter page, the, you know, you don't have to have all of those things. But it's like saying, okay, what do I want to do in the world? What's important to me? What's my message? Mm. Why do I want to get it out there? Mm. And then once you start kind of playing around with that, because it might not come straight away. Like I started, I started a podcast on a Patreon, behind a Patreon paywall, and I did it for probably for about six weeks. Mm. It just, it just didn't feel right. It just was like, this isn't it. This isn't the thing. So I stopped doing it. How amazing that we can do that though. Like what an yeah. age we live in where we can just do that. And, yeah. and, and it doesn't, and we're forgiving of ourselves not to think, Oh, I've started this thing and I've told my I've told my audience about it, so I have to carry on doing it. No, like if it's not right, you know it's not right. Just stop doing the thing. You've put that content out there that I'll carry on living. And so so this book, I want to know more about it. How do people what what's the plan? So I'm gonna self-publish via Kickstarter. Um, I'm going to write the book. My deadline to myself is the 31st of August. So it can be handed over to, I guess, a proofreader, an editor, and then the graphic designer. Um, and then the Kickstarter will go live on the 1st of October for 30 days. And I'm sharing the complete process in stories, in my Facebook group. Um, and talking about why I'm doing it and how I'm restructuring my business so that my business, you know, it's purpose and profit. They're the two things that I focus on, you know, always keeping an eye on why I'm doing what I'm doing and always keeping an eye on the profit. Where is that recurring revenue coming from? Where is, you know, what am I selling and why? Mm. And you know, the Kickstarter is ambitious, you know, it's a large amount that I'm looking to gain from it. So that holds all kinds of fear for me. But you know, I want, you know, it's about selling a 1000 books. That's what I'm aiming for Mm. in the Kickstarter. And it will be a course that's attached to that, which will start in January 2020, because we're going into a new decade oh next God, year. That gives me so many, like, mixed emotions in the pit of my stomach. Oh, my I- God. I'm just, like, I am so excited. I'm like, right, that is it, 2020. Here oh. I come. Literally. It. It's incredible, isn't it? I have, I'm, like, one of those people that gets mad... Um, like that rush of anxiety on New Year's Eve where you're like, oh my God, you know, it's like a new year. And so I can't even imagine what this year is going to be like, a new decade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Okay, you're a legend. I absolutely love you. So I always like to end with some key takeaways. I know this is the hardest bit as business owners to sum up 
you know, our our lives. But if you had to sum up a few things that have had the biggest impact on your business journey, what would they be? It's five words and it's the same five words every time. And it's to play by your own rules. That is, that is it for me, you know, and the times when I've strayed from that, when I've strayed from that philosophy and I've started doing what I think I should be doing and I've started doing something that perhaps someone else has suggested and I feel they know better than me. But you know what? Staying true to who I am, doing my own thing, they're the moments that I've had real breakthroughs Mm. with what I've been doing when I've truly played by my own rules. It's that word should again, isn't it? It's that when I do things that I think I should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Don't waste your precious time. You know, listening to other people. It's good to get inspiration. So here's the thing. I Like I said before, I listen to podcasts. I read the books. But when something, I have an aha moment. You know, it could just be one thing that's mentioned in a podcast or a page from a book. I'll note it down in my journal. I'll look at it. And then I'll be like, God, this really, this really has something. I really feel something in this. But how can I do this my way? Mm. How can I make this work for me? What would I do? You know, so it's always just like taking those nuggets of inspiration and then bringing them into your own world, your own kind of unique blend of skills and talent and experiences mm. and thinking about this is how this is how I'm going to do it. That's fantastic. I love it. So I'm sure the audience have fallen in love with you as much as I have and everyone that works with you have. So how can people find out more? How can they work with you or or get into your groups? How do they find you now? Come to my website. So it's indieroller.com and I'm on Instagram, indie underscore roller. And yeah, come chat to me in stories, come check out my website and you know, yeah, that's where I am. And in October, Come pledge on my Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much, Amanda. Leona, thank you so, so much. You're so value-packed and so full of conviction. I've come away from this feeling inspired and motivated and like my soul is full again. So thank you very, very much for taking the time out today. Thanks, Amanda. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was absolutely incredible. Thank you, Leona, so much for sharing your wisdom with us. There were some absolute golden nuggets in there. And I think one of the things I love about speaking to Leona is just that calming influence she has on me. She's so calm about everything and and purposeful. You know, I know that we discussed this, but everything she does is with a purpose. And I think all too often we find ourselves blindly doing what we think we should do or think we ought to be doing. And just listening to Leona there and really reflecting on that, it's really not the case. Let's focus our attention on what's actually working for us. So thank you so much, Leona. Thank you guys for joining me today. I hope you really enjoyed that and got loads of value from it. If you did, I would love for you to go and leave us a review. I know it's early days and the reviews mean so much to me and to the growth of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you find your podcasts and I really hope you can join me next time.